Yes, 2023 has been quite a year. A lot has been going on. Some of it great, some of it not so great. In this week's podcast, we're going to be breaking down everything, well, most things that have happened in the world of music creation, online music sharing, iOS, GarageBand, Logic, iPhone, iPad, you name it, we're going to chat about it. And we're doing it live. So if you are here live, hello. If you would like to contribute to 2023's wrap-up and breakdown, please feel free to go ahead and leave a chat comment right here. If you're watching on the replay, no problem whatsoever. Or if you're listening on the audio version, I thank you as well. You can leave your comments. And I'm, I'm going to start with this question. What do you think was the most impactful, eventful thing that happened in the year 2023. And we'll ask you another question a bit later on about the future. What is 2024 going to bring? We'll say a quick g'day to a couple of folks who are here live before we jump into the, the, the topics today because we are doing it live. Uh, hello, John Swanson, who is here. Hello, DJ Big Red. We've got Fat Panda Cat here. Hello to you. Darren Anderson from here in Australia and Mr. Mark Bro. Uh, hello to you. Hello to Mr. Fomiati. And as we go through the show, it's going to be a bit more of a casual kind of show. So we're just going to be chatting about a few topics and uh, there'll be plenty of time to catch up with folks and to answer any questions live and to get your feedback about what you think has been the big thing in 2023. Hello, Matt Houston or Houston. Hello to you as well. We're going to do this in a, uh, a 12 days of Christmas kind of feel here. Yeah, I've got 12 different one word topics that I'm going to be throwing out there and chatting about. And if you would like to, if you're watching on the replay, if you'd like to go to each individual topic, you can do that. You can do that. You can jump down in the description of the video version and you can jump around to the different topics. So as we go through, uh, please let me know your feedback. Let's jump in and get started with number one, which is YouTube. It is what I do for a job, basically. YouTube, Google, Alphabet, they're my employer. And uh, I've been lucky enough to be a full-time content creator for more than two years now, which has been a delight. And I can only do it because of you, because you folks are kind enough to be here. And uh, a couple of quick numbers for you that I think is amazing personally, and I promise this will be the only sort of self-congratulatory backpack backpatting that's going to go on here today. And that is that thanks to you... In the last year, we've had 6.1 million views of videos here on Studio Live today, which equates to more than 211,000 hours of watch time. And when I think about the fact that you poor folks have had to stare at me and listen to me rant in my funny Australian accent for 211,000 hours, kind of freaks me out a little bit. So I did want to say a huge thank you. Uh, also a huge thank you. 14,000 subscribers have come on board in the last year as well to add to the more than 100,000 of you that are already here and tuning in on the channel here. And I thank you all for your support. Huge thank you to the patrons as well. Thanks to all who've donated through the year and who've contributed, who've bought merchandise. If you've bought a mug, if you've bought a t-shirt, if you've streamed my music, if you've left a like, if you've left a comment, if you've just been nice and kind in the year. But it has been a big year for YouTube. We'd be remiss not to talk about some of the changes and some of the events that have happened in the world of YouTube. Uh, the, the big thing is that because of, uh, basically, YouTube is attached to the, uh, the, the economy. Uh, so the, when there's advertising, uh, it goes up and down over time. 
and uh, something that's definitely happened here in the last year is that uh, the advertisers have not been around as much. Now, I'm not saying that to get the little violins out for me, but it's it's just reality of it. Uh, my wife's phone's in the room here. I've realised I've stolen it from her. So I've put it on the edge of the desk. <laughs> Merry Christmas. This is the joys of being a, uh, a creator. I stole my wife's phone because I just picked it up. It used to be mine, so I think I just naturally grabbed it and put it in my pocket. There you go. You get to see a little bit behind the curtain of the of the world of YouTube. So, yeah, look, it's been a challenge for, for a lot of folks being a full-time YouTube content creator. I guess the good news for me is... I didn't. I didn't think about uh, the the best, the peaks, like when things were going really, really well. I didn't assume that that was going to be the way it would be forever. So it's definitely gone up and down over time. And look, that's that's life, isn't it? That's reality. The ups and the downs. We'll talk a lot about the ups and the downs as we go through here today. Uh, the the it would be remiss not to talk about shorts. Yeah, not the shorts that I'm wearing because I am wearing shorts here today, as well as my Star Trek T-shirt. And yes, that was a deliberate. Uh, triggering trolley comment um, but shorts content have definitely continued to increase live streaming has also increased we'll talk a little more about it later as well but yeah the the long for what i started doing here which was what's called long form content it wasn't then but anything that now is like a 10 minute video that's considered long form because 30 seconds 60 seconds these things are all the norm and anything that you do above and beyond that is uh, is considered long form content um, but then weirdly enough the two most popular bits of content on YouTube have been shorts and have been live streams so people seem to want 60 seconds and if you can't do it in 60 seconds feel free to take 2 hours I uh, don't really understand it, but I'm an old person and uh, YouTube and video sharing in general uh, is definitely dominated these days by, well, at least from a, an outward facing point of view by what the young folks want. What do you think though? How's your year on YouTube been? I know I've watched a lot of YouTube. I've definitely subscribed to a lot of YouTube channels. I've engaged with a lot of YouTube content creators in the last year. So it, it's been a great time, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely changed over time. Let me know what you think. Uh, hello to a few more folks who have joined us here on the live show. Hello to Sylvie Drapeau. I hope you are doing well. G'day the Lily Pillies. Hello to Manny over there in Sydney. It's our wonderful moderator extraordinaire, Mr. Thomas Christ. Thank you for being here. We've got Tremor Bear here watching along as well. Hope you're doing, yeah, exactly. 60 seconds or six hours plus, says uh, Thomas Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fat Panda Cat says, I've been telling my girlfriend that 10 minutes was a long time for ages. Hang on, that, that deserves a, a ding ding. That's the, my equivalent of a, a drum. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to our second. We've got 12 of these to go through. So let's move on to our second topic. And we're going to move on to social media. How many people have been using social media too much in 2023? Did you reduce the amount that you used it in 2023? Uh, have you taken a, a break, a much needed social media break, a diet from social media in 2023? I have, mostly because there's one particular platform that I no longer use. Can anyone guess? Yeah, it's, it's so mysterious. You might even just like put a big X next to it. So yes, uh, probably the biggest biggest change in social media landscape this year has been the emergence of the brand new social platform called X, which I almost immediately ran away from. So I, I don't have a lot of FOMO. 
so I haven't been uh, I haven't been digging in and sharing or even looking at uh, at Twitter or the the artist the the platform formerly known as Twitter for some time now. So I'm uh, I'm definitely uh, having a bit more of a social media reduction. One thing I did try to get into in 2023, and I don't know if I'm just alone in this, is Discord. I thought Discord would be kind of the one. And I, I don't know if it's just my age, again, I need to stop blaming being old, but I just couldn't quite get my head around how it all worked. And I know, is, is that a good enough excuse? Maybe not, but I just couldn't get into Discord. It was something about the fact that when you go there, suddenly you've missed a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm never one that wants to go back through and to find the thread and like there'd be a couple of comments and you'd be like, what are these even relating to? So as much as I tried to get into Discord, I wasn't able to uh, to keep up. I'm glad it's not only me. We've got uh, Manny from the Lily Pilly saying, I'm so bad at Discord, I can't keep up. Uh, Bandicat says, anyone who's uh, on my Instagram and Facebook will know that I couldn't possibly use it any less. There you go. And yes, the, the social media site... Uh, or formerly known as Twitter, exactly. Uh, I'm only 20, yeah, I'm only 25, yep, um, exactly, 25 years young today. Uh, Trevor Bear says, I only do YouTube and Instagram, can't get into social media. And look, I must admit, when I look at what I do on Facebook, it's I used to do a lot more interacting on places like Facebook. I still love, what I've worked out is I don't love the algorithms, uh, I don't love being told what to watch and what to like. So for, for YouTube, for instance, YouTube's a bit different, but that's definitely moved into this algorithm base, which is it doesn't necessarily feed you what's in your subscriptions. It doesn't necessarily feed you what you've watched before. It tries to predict what you're going to like. And I think Instagram and Facebook have gone down that track. Not only the ads, look, the ads are there. I talked about advertising with the YouTube thing. That's that's up and down, right? But advertising is just a part of everything in the world. If, if a platform is quote unquote free, it's probably actually ad supported. And yeah, it's not really that you're getting it for free. Probably the biggest uh, biggest uptick for for 2023 has been TikTok. Yes, the rise of the the, the Chinese giant TikTok. There's obviously a lot of a lot of chat and a lot of banter about why it's bad because it's Chinese and it's stealing all of your data and whatever else. The thing is, uh, look, personal view here, personal point of view. Um, uh, I think that there's much easier and much more effective ways to steal or to acquire your data. Think about all the data brokers. Data brokers have been a big 2023 thing. I didn't put them on the list here, but there's definitely uh, definitely a lot of movement in the world of selling, buying and selling your personal data that's been happening in the last year. So yeah, I don't think that TikTok is a concern. Obviously, it's a great political like football to throw around and to get people all riled up about, oh my God, they're taking our data. But at the end of the day, I'm really sorry, but if any sort of state-sponsored hacking group wants to get your data, there's much easier ways than how many cat videos you've watched on TikTok. Just saying. Maybe you don't want to hear that, but it is a reality of it. But uh, yeah, TikTok has definitely been big and uh, Discord is growing. Look, I'm still, what I was saying before about the Facebook stuff is I don't look at the general feed much anymore. I tend to look more at groups. I must admit, I spend a lot more time in groups and a lot more, a lot less time just looking at what the general feed is happening. Because in groups, you're not getting, I mean, you're still getting ads, obviously, 
but you're actually getting content around specific things you like. And is the is the fear there? Is the challenge that maybe everyone's just grouping together and yet you know you're all with like-minded people? The hive mentality of only being around people that have the same interests and the same opinions as you, maybe. But when it comes to music, I think that's good. Because, yeah, the GarageBand users group, the Logic Pro users group, the Create, Record, Release Facebook group that we have here are all amazing groups with very cool people in them. Speaking of GarageBand, that's going to be our next topic. We'll talk about that in just a moment. All righty. Let's, um, let's, actually, I'll, I'll put this comment here from Trevor Bear. It says, I, I quit Facebook when people started asking me how I was doing after not hearing or seeing them in decades. Yeah, the politics and the religion got dirty. Facebook is a waste of time in my life. And that's the thing. That's that general stuff. And that's that, oh, yeah, Jimmy that you went to high school with 26 years ago is suddenly like, hey, how you doing? And you're like, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something unnatural about this. What do they say that y- your brain, like because of the way our human brains develop, you can only really maintain, uh, forget the number, but it's under 100 or maybe just over 100 actual intimate relationships with other human beings. And what social media tends to do is try to expand that. And our brains just aren't able to cope with input and output to and from more than about 100 people. And when they do, bad things happen, like social media addiction, like depression and anxiety. I know, who would have thought we'd be getting dark? It's a Christmas show. You're wearing a Christmas hat, for goodness sake, Johns. Get get back on track. But yeah, it's a, it's a good point. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, hello to Joe and Barry Glenn. Let's say good day to some other folks who are here. Uh, it's because you're old. Cold Acre says it's because I'm old. Um, it's true. I embrace it. I actually kind of love being old. There, there you go. You can join the Studio Live Today Discord. I don't know there. Uh, yeah, Threads is the other thing. A really good one to mention before we move on from social media. Threads was getting bombarded by some pretty unsavory opinions in my feed. No better than the Twitter. Yeah. Uh, hello, Emilio. Thank you for being here as well. Uh, groups are fun. They are indeed, Sylvie. They're, they're the place to go. Facebook itself is mid, but Messenger and the groups are pretty useful. Spot on. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Lily Pilly says, apparently Facebook is for old people, according to my kids. Yeah. See, that's the good the good thing, good thing maybe, uh, that, yeah, my kids aren't on Facebook, uh, but they don't like that I'm on Instagram and TikTok. Because they're like, can you just stick to your old man social media platform, please, Dad? And not annoy us. Yeah. Should we talk GarageBand? Look, this channel was founded on the back of GarageBand. It's, it's never been called GarageBand anything. It's always been called Studio Live Today. And in fact... I'd only just started using GarageBand back in 2017 when we kicked off the first videos on the channel here. I'd only been using GarageBand for like a couple of weeks. And the reason that I was actually making videos is that I couldn't find the ones I wanted. The really simple videos like, how do I get more than eight bars in GarageBand on my track? How do I use the visual EQ in GarageBand? How do I add echo and reverb in GarageBand? All of those things I didn't know. And I needed to learn. So I kind of started making videos. So GarageBand has been a big part of this world for a long time. And <clears throat> would you say that GarageBand, that 2023 has been underwhelming for GarageBand? I would. Yeah, I would definitely say that. Uh, but here's the thing. GarageBand version one. So GarageBand, if you don't know the history of this, released in 2004 on the Mac, 
big launch there with Steve Jobs and John Mayer on the stage playing it on the Mac. Uh, developed over time in the early 2010s. It came onto the iPad and then onto the iPhone. Version 1 was okay, but didn't really do much. It was more of a toy. Version 2 is where it started picking up. Version 2.1 added things like plugins and EQ and AUV3 support, automation, all the rest of it. And then it's kind of slowly ground. So version 2.2 and 2.3, and now we're at, what, 2.3.17 or something? There's been so many little iterations, and it's been an evolutionary process, not a revolutionary process. But that's basically because everything you need, like you've got a 32-track digital audio workstation where you can record audio from any source you like at 24-bit quality, and you can use automation and all the plugins and effects that you kind of need to. And you can do that all for free on basically any device created in the last six or seven years by Apple. That's pretty amazing. So I think whenever I get complaints from people saying GarageBand's dead, GarageBand's Logic Pro's completely killed GarageBand, I don't think it has. To the point where I started making a new song yesterday, and what did I open up? GarageBand, because it's just easy. It's just simple. I wanted to get an acoustic guitar sound, so what did I do? I pressed on the big audio recorder button, and then I pressed on the picture of an acoustic guitar, and I started playing. And I think that is what GarageBand is all about. What has actually happened? Well, it's, it's been the year of the sound packs. In fact, it's been the couple of years of the sound packs. We haven't had anything exciting or interesting in the way of new features within GarageBand, to be very honest. The sampler got a little bit of a facelift, if we're looking at anything, and the plugins, the AUV3 Apple plugins, got uh, an interface that was now similar to the Mac version, which makes them actually usable before they were virtually unusable. So there's been a couple of little tweaks that happened in GarageBand, but what I actually think has been interesting in GarageBand, and we'll talk about it in a couple of topics' time, is the community around GarageBand. So I think that's the story. It's not actually the, the software or the hardware. It's the people around it that have actually changed things, in my, again, humble opinion as well. Uh, the Lily Pillies, Maddie says, I can't be bothered to learn anything but GarageBand. I should probably. But that's the thing. Should you? That's, that's the thing I get as well. A lot, a lot of people will come to me, they use GarageBand, and they're like, I need to, I need to upgrade to a, to a better or a, a professional DAW. And I'll say, cool, why? And they're like, um, I, need, I, need, I, need, I need better songs. I'm like, okay, let's be really clear about this. It's not going to make you write better songs. It's not going to make you record better songs. Uh, if you're using 24-bit audio, 44.1 kilohertz, it's not going to sound any better either. Yes, if you've got more plugins, maybe you're going to be able to do better things or more things with something like Logic Pro or Pro Tools. But to be very honest, if you don't really know how to use those, the presets in GarageBand actually handhold a bit more and help guide you. Whereas you can actually find, what a lot of people find is that they move from, say, GarageBand to Logic and their songs get worse because there's too many options. They're overwhelmed by options and they don't have those nice handy presets in place. So I'll never say to someone, don't change your DAW, but the language around I need a better or a professional or I need to upgrade my DAW, if you're not going above 32 tracks and you're not finding anything that doesn't work for you and you're making good music and it works for your workflow, it's probably not an essential thing to do. If you want to have fun with it, go for it. Absolutely. Uh, hello, Moo to the Semtex cow who is here. Thank you for dropping on by. Uh, there you go. Lily Pillies say that's uh, that's what I wanted to hear. There you go. Exactly. I'm not saying use that as an excuse to never learn anything new, 
But mate, I've been using GarageBand close to seven years. I'm finding something new in there every day and I'm finding a better way to do things and different ways to do things. So it really, it's not about the gear. It's not about the software. It's about you. It's about your workflow and it's about your ability to write, to create, record and release your best music. It's why I never called it, uh, I never called it, um, I don't know, uh, software and hardware review monthly. <laughs> I always called it create, record, release because that's what it's all about. It's about creating something cool. It's about recording it in whatever way works for you. It doesn't have to be GarageBand, doesn't have to be anything. And then releasing, which as we've, we've clarified over time, releasing is more about more about releasing as in letting go of. So when we talk releasing, sometimes I think uh, people say, oh, John says I have to put my music out there on Spotify and Apple Music. You can. You can use DistroKid to do it if you want. There's a link in the description. You can save yourself 7% off. They're not a sponsor of this show, but they sponsor other shows here on the channel. So you can do that, but it's not really necessary. Like sharing can be sharing on Facebook, sharing on YouTube, sharing on TikTok, sharing on X if you want to, if you're so inclined, whatever you choose to do. Uh, hello to Alex Backus, one of our wonderful subscribers and Patreon members. I hope you are doing well, my friend. I'm going to have a quick drink from my studio, my brand new Studio Live Today mug. I've got a fresh one with a nice red insert that we have there. Nice bit of branding there. I uh, hope you are doing well, my friend. So yeah, GarageBand. But you know what? Uh, I can't talk about GarageBand without uh, talking about this word next. So number four of our 12 days of Christmas breakdown of 2023 is Logic. Logic Pro. Logic Pro for iPad, to be really specific. So Logic Pro for iPad was released this year. It was uh, a big deal. It was a lot of a lot of hype around it. I was lucky enough to get an early version of it, an early release version of Logic Pro for iPad. So I got to learn it and create a video about it. And uh, yeah, had to keep it from the community, which was one of the hardest things. If you know anything about me, I don't like having secrets. I don't like knowing information. I, I love having my head in the sand like a big old ostrich because I don't want to be privy to things. I don't like drama. I don't like gossip. I don't like hearsay and conjecture. I don't, yeah, it's just, it's, it's weird, I know. Being a, an online personality, an influencer, you'd think, oh man, he must have non-disclosure agreements and his finger in all the pies. Nah, if someone offers me a big, giant, delicious pie, I'll probably say, um, just, I'm, I'm just pretending I'm not seeing the pie right now. Just take the pie away and let's pretend this never happened because it's just not my bag. But, when, Logic, when Apple, of all people, came to me and said, Johns, guess what? Logic Pro is coming out. And I just got back from uh, a US trip. So I was in holiday mode. I wasn't really in work mode. But when you, get, when you get an email from Apple that says, Logic Pro is coming out on iPad, and you've gone on record like a month earlier saying, one thing, hear this. <laughs> we had here like in this track, no child will live in poverty. And whatever. No, hear this. Logic Pro will never be released for iOS. I stake my reputation on it. And then a month later, boom, there it is. <laughs> and as Thomas Christ said, it's the only logical progression. Yes, I hear you. But what, what was it all about? So Logic Pro came to iPad. It was version 1.0 of software. They released it. It was a subscription model. A lot of people railed against that and said it was the worst thing ever. That's kind of settled down over time. The reception to, of it was good, but I think... Here's the thing, and I've chatted about this with other folks, uh, with, with Jay and with Thomas and with people around the community. 
when when Apple came out and they said, here it is, it's Logic Pro, it's the professional DAW for your iPad, they didn't really clearly state that it's not a replacement for Logic Pro on your Mac. And that's that's the case to this very day. It is a great piece of kit compared to GarageBand and I'd say Cubasis and Aurea Pro and pretty much anything else you can use on an iOS device. It is the best. It has more options. It has more features. It has the ability to do mastering. Uh, it's pretty amazing stuff. I've got 32-bit float audio now. Pretty great. Lots of features. But if you're a Logic Pro for Mac user that's running a Mac Pro with three screens and a 10 terabyte of SSD full of uh, samples and loops and instruments and you use VST plugins out the wazoo and you've got a bunch of outboard gear in your studio... Are you replacing your Mac Pro with an iPad to run Logic Pro for iPad? No. And I've said that really clearly from day dot, but I think I was a little disappointed but not surprised when Logic Pro was launched and so many of the influencers in the music industry said, I tried Logic Pro for iPad and guess what? It's not the same as Logic Pro on a Mac. I'm like, yeah, no schnizzle, Sherlock. <laughs> it never was going to be. But again, I think, and, and I, I said, I basically said from the start, they shouldn't call this Logic Pro. They should call this GarageBand Pro. I would love that if they just went, you know what, Logic Pro, it's, it's not quite Logic Pro. It doesn't have VST support. It doesn't have external sample support. It, it, it's GarageBand Pro. We've taken all of the cool things from Logic Pro, designed a nice user interface, and uh, basically given you GarageBand on steroids. And that's what I think Logic Pro for iPad is. It's GarageBand on steroids. So... I mean, I'm not going to question a $2 trillion company's marketing and, uh, and branding because they know what they're doing over there. But I do think that, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it was interesting to see how it went. So the reception was okay. The, the big thing that then happened later in the year was that we had Logic Pro version 1.1. And that was the big one. That was where... All of the feedback, and I kept saying to folks, if you're having these challenges, if you're not using it, if you've cancelled your subscription after the first month because things weren't working, feed that back to Apple. I know you might think it's just going to go into a void. It doesn't. Yes, if one person says one thing, I really want this one feature and it's one person, it probably won't get added. But guess what? If 100 people do, and Apple, Apple wants subscriptions, they want you to use their software. So if 100 people come in and say, hey, what about this? then you'd be golden. We're going to move on because we've got more things to talk about. One of the cool things that Logic has done is it's brought up a new community. So there's a new community of people. Some that were Logic Mac users have started using Logic Pro for iPad. Some GarageBand users have moved up. Uh, Patrick over at the GarageBand Guide now has the Logic Pro Guide and the Logic Pro Users Facebook group. So if you are a, a Facebooky type person, you can dive over there and check it out. Uh, let's take a note of some few more folks who have dropped on in before we move to our next topic, number five. We're going to say hello to uh, Tommy S. Hello to you. Hello to Rena. Uh, there's Tommy. There's Rena. Uh, putting away groceries and listening. There you go. You can you can do whatever you want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> neither is GarageBand. They say, just pull the toolbar down and do this. No toolbar on iOS. Exactly. Yeah, there's differences. There's very much differences between that. Uh, does the latest merch include the Gals t-shirt? Rena has... I've been disappointing Rena for all of 2023, probably back into 2022. I, Rena, I just did my, uh, my keep, stop, start for 2024 with my Patreon crew, and I can assure you, and they can vouch for the fact that that was refreshing the merch was one of the 
very top items on the list. Something we're definitely doing. Uh, hello, The Secret Legacy. Almost finished your break. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Fat Panicat says, I think they steered away from GarageBand name because unfortunately it's still not taken seriously by pros and Logic is Apple's well-known name. Exactly. Look, they never were going to. I kind of say that a little tongue-in-cheek. It was always going to be Logic Pro for iPad. But I think, and look, it's it's a subset of a subset, right? So it's like 1% that are going to be Logic Pro Mac users that are so passionate Logic Pro Mac users and are also going to be providing content and saying things. Yeah, <clears throat> so I don't think it's a I don't think it's a huge deal. <clears throat> Excuse me, frog in the throat today. We're gonna have another drink from the uh, from the mug while I bring up the next topic, and it's you folks. I talked about the Logic Pro community that has come about through the new Logic Pro for iPad, uh, and yeah, community has definitely been a big thing. the The number one thing that I've seen happen in the last year has been. The absolute embracing and uh, uh, just pr- proliferation of uh, of shows, of music sharing shows, and look, I'm not so, I didn't, I wasn't the first person, and I won't be the last person. Obviously, I do your music live, which is our live music sharing show, where I showcase the best from the community each and every week, right here on Studio Live today. And but we've got Thomas Christ doing you rock. We've got the Metalhead Hippie. Uh, we've got Chad. Uh, we've got a bunch of folks that are all sharing people's music, uh, which has been fantastic. Now, the, the key there is that that's not, that's not the same as being like getting your music out there to a wider audience. It's wonderful that if there's you know, a couple of hundred people in a community that all listen to each other's music, that's wonderful. It isn't the same as sharing it out, but it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction, isn't it? It, it? That's the way I look at it. And I think as long as that, as long as there's expansion, and look, there's natural expansion. People come and go. People move in and out of communities and groups, and there's always variety. That's the thing. Not only do you have variety in terms of individual creators making new and different music, so the Lily Pillies who are here in the live show, they've released an album. They've now got a new album. that They've like got very different sort of songs and tracks on there. So even if you were listening to these shows and watching the community and you were seeing the Lily Pillies early stuff, now you're seeing a different side. Other creators are doing the same sort of thing. There is plenty of variety. And then there's always new folks coming in and out of the community. And that's fine too. I think, um, yeah, there's uh, there's certainly a certain amount of disappointment when, like if you thought about that someone should unsubscribe to you, because again, when we talk about communities, we talk about followers, we talk about subscribers, we talk about that sort of thing. And the idea that someone's going to unsubscribe or unfollow you kind of feels a bit crappy, doesn't it? But it really does happen and it's actually okay. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about community. You don't want it to be forced and you don't want it to be compulsory. And that's the thing. Like People people will look at the, the shows that I do here and they'll be like, Pete, you have 130,000 subscribers and when you do live streams, you get between 20 and 50 people on average watching those. What's wrong and I say, what's wrong is that the vast majority of people that come to this channel just want to come in and get the information and then leave again. Like the vast majority of the people that have subscribed to this channel don't watch every video I release. I release seven videos a week. I wouldn't expect very many people apart from our amazing moderators and, and usual suspects. There's not a lot of folks who actually do that. And it's the same with a, a video that I put out there. Some will get a couple of hundred views. Some will get a couple of thousands. Some will get a hundred thousand plus. That's just the variety of things. And I would not, it's weird to say, 
But I have no problems with people coming and going, with people following and unfollowing, because people change. I change. I've probably changed. I'm probably different from what I was originally. If someone was, all I want is five-minute GarageBand tutorials, and then they're like, what is this clown doing? What's a happy hour? What's your music live? What's going on around here? It's not for me anymore. I unsubscribe. That's totally cool. So I think the reason I want to mention that is I think people get very hung up on what we call the vanity metrics, which is your number of subscribers, your number of followers, your number of streams. The questions I get from people, they're saying, oh, I need to I need to pull down my song from DistroKid and re-release it, but will I lose my stream count? And I say, maybe, maybe not. Does it matter? Huh? Like, I think we get way too focused on the vanity metrics, way unfocused, not focused enough on the actual community. Are you having an impact on people? What is your purpose and are you delivering to your purpose of being part of a community? My purpose is pretty clear. My goal is to help people create, record and release their best music, to help you create, record and release your best music. So everything I do around here is based around that. Is the happy hour based around that? Well, yes, because so many people have said to me, oh, Johns, I've seen you doing this happy hour thing every week and it's made me get back into playing covers. And that made me go, hey, I could probably write some songs because you get some chord progressions and you, you work out what works. So it's all related. But yeah, I just, I just wanted to put that out there because I think a, a lot of people seem to be getting a lot very stressed and very focused. And I, just want, I just want to question. You don't have to change if you don't want to, but I just want to question, are you focused on the same thing? Do you even know what your purpose is, why you're creating music and why you're part of a music community? As soon as you clarify that, it can actually make things a heck of a lot easier and more fun. Because let's be honest, it should be about the fun, right? <clears throat> Alex Baker says, the, uh, the door does not matter, the music matters. Spot on. Uh, Pete, I would say that this is a secret legacy. Said so Pete, I would say the positivity, support and encouragement, which is my highlight, nothing negative. Yeah, exactly. And look, that, that's the thing. This community is very highly curated. People say, oh, Johns, you're not into free speech. You're not into freedom of expression because you shoot people down when they just want to say something bad about other people's music. And I'm like, yes. I don't know what to tell you apart from uh, YouTube. Uh, my YouTube channel is not exactly the same as a democracy because I get to choose. I get to curate the content that I put out there. And guess what? Yes, I get to choose my audience to a certain extent. So if someone is going to say harsh, negative, critical things with coming from a place of wanting to pull people down instead of be, build people up, then guess what? You're not going to be part of the community. And uh, look, if that doesn't work for you, there's other communities where it's all about the bitching and the infighting. You'll find them. They're everywhere. You'll be absolutely fine. There's no shortage of places that you can do that. Uh, Sylvie says, because of you, Pete, I have fun and I released my first music on DistroKid. Never knew about all that stuff. Yeah, and Sylvie's a great example of this. Like every every year, there's a couple of new people, a few, tens, sometimes hundreds of new people that come into this community that didn't think that they could do it or didn't know they wanted to do it or were nervous about doing it until they realized that there's actually a supportive community here of other people who are all doing it. And that's the when you're going when you're going into something or you're going through something, having a positive and supportive community around you, it's kind of the best thing to do. 
Uh, let's move on to topic number six because we're, <laughs> we're, we're having a good chat here. I, I like doing these live from time to time because we get great interaction here. Hello, John Frank Songs. Merry Christmas from Las Vegas, Nevada. I learned this week that it's not Nevada, it's Nevada. Is that right, John? You can, you can confirm that for me. I've always said Nevada, but apparently the correct pronunciation of the state that Las Vegas is in is Nevada, not Nevada. Don't know why we're going on about that. Uh, podcast. Let's talk about podcasts, shall we? I started one. Well, I restarted one. Well, I kind of just restarted an old podcast and changed the concept of it. So podcasting is definitely something that I've been getting into more of, but it's probably at a time where it's reducing a little bit and changing a little bit. And who is the culprit? Um, it's Spotify. Yeah, Spotify has kind of changed the face of podcasting. If you don't know, if you don't know the behind the scenes stuff of how podcasting has been going, so podcasting was started as a, a way to distribute audio using an RSS, really simple syndication. That's what RSS stands for. So you get a, an app, a podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, any other podcatcher of choice. And then you go, here's the link, here's the RSS feed, and then I release audio uh, podcast or video if I choose onto the RSS feed. You download them, you listen to them, everyone's happy. But you know who wasn't happy with that? Advertisers. And you know where all the money is in 2020's creation? Advertisers. So what did Spotify do? Well, they decided that they would have their own podcast platform where they could track the users, they have all your data, they can track who's watching what and when, so they don't use RSS because RSS is untrackable, it's anonymous, so they track you and they say what you do. They paid a number of very high profile people who shall remain nameless because I don't like naming them uh, to do their podcast exclusively on Spotify. And all of the advertisers that previously would be, you know, testing the water and advertising on podcast networks like uh, Twit, like This Week in Tech, one of my favorite podcast networks, they went, well, uh, if I don't know who's watching or listening and I can't target them directly on this platform or, look, I'm just going to say it, or I can spend a million dollars sponsoring Joe Rogan and he's going to tell you how good my bull testicle extract is for your testosterone. I don't know. Is that even what he does? Am I speaking out of school? Am I going to get flagged now? Because um, uh, I actually released this through. The other, here's the other thing. Uh, the, the podcast service that I used to use was bought out by Spotify. Now it's called Spotify for Podcasts. It's exactly the same, the same app. They basically just went, competition. Not sure about that. So they changed that. Now look, am I, am I just dumping on Spotify? Is the, everything their fault? Is the demise of podcasts or Spotify's fault? No, there's different things. There's short attention spans. There's the rise of short form content. There's the rise of live stream videos that people tend to watch um, instead of podcasts these days. There's a lot of things going on. But yeah, it's been an interesting time for the, uh, the, the podcasting world. Uh, Fat Panda Cat says uh, it was like a radio version of public access TV. Yeah, it really was, where it was all just democratised, where nothing really mattered. Um, and it was kind of like the internet. So everything with the internet starts as a bunch of geeks and nerds just wanting to do something fun. And then the corporations come in and ruin it for everyone. They did it with the internet early on. They've done it with um, things like websites and blogs where advertising came on board and they've done it with video and now they're doing it with audio. Now, should I be complaining about this considering that my livelihood is dependent upon it? Uh, probably not, but am I going to anyway? Probably. Excuse me.
Apologies for those listening on the audio. You just saw me cough. <laughs> Nirvana or Nirvana? Yeah, is it Nirvana? 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 Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not actually sure about the Nirvana, Nirvana thing, uh, which we started with, but uh, we'll go on with that. Nevada is Spanish for snowfall. That's ironic. Although, weirdly enough, you may not be aware of this, but there's uh, quite a bit of snow in Nevada or Nevada. Uh, just not in the parts you're thinking of. They've got, what have they got? Lake Tahoe and places where there's quite high mountainous, mountainous stuff. Yeah. Uh, hello to Skeeter Melody. Thank you for being here. I uh, hope you are doing well. Should we move on to our next topic? Let's do it. We're going to talk streaming. Now, streaming, when I say streaming, all these are one-word topics because I wanted to just emote some emotion and expression talking about all these. So streaming, video streaming, audio streaming, uh, there's lots of different streaming. Specifically, live stream videos. You're watching one right now. Well, maybe you're not. Maybe you're watching the replay or maybe you're listening to the audio podcast version. But regardless or irregardless, as I like to say, you cannot deny that in 2023 and the 2020s in general, the rise of the live streamer has been pretty massive. It's been off the back of a few things. Uh, in 2020, we all got locked down for a significant amount of time and people were bored and looking for A, things to watch and B, things to do. So they were watching live streams and they were learning how to do their own live streams. Yeah. Uh, number two, on the back of that, a lot of software companies and developers realized that there was a gap in the market. And uh, at the time, myself and others were using things like Google Hangouts. And that was kind of really the only way you could live stream into YouTube or anywhere. Facebook had very clunky sort of uh, third-party live streaming. And there was a few other ways to do it. But for the most part, you had to kind of know a bit. You had to know about like uh, keys and um, links and OBS and all this sort of stuff. So uh, a few companies, particularly StreamYard, who I am using right now to stream, Restream, uh, there's a bunch of different ones, Streamlabs, they all created ways for you and me, for just regular folks to live stream, to get our ideas and express ourselves out there to the world. Now, is this always a good thing? Uh, it's debatable. Look, live streaming is what it is, and I'm definitely not going to say that people shouldn't do it because I'd be a giant hypocrite because when it comes to music, I say, hey, everyone should do it and everyone should be able to do it. Uh, I have a, do I think that there's been a bit of a excess of live streaming content that is maybe not focused and not about a thing? Maybe. And look, there's communities that love it. So again, I, I say that to, to do that weird rhetorical question thing that everyone hates, including me, to then say, well, what harm does it do, really? I mean, f forget about the overhead and the bandwidth and the energy usage of all these streamers stream, all these uh, servers streaming. But if we just put that to one side, what harm does it do? Well, virtually none. And who's the winners out of this? Well, it's the streaming companies and it's the platforms that are, are providing it. But it's definitely been, it's definitely democratized. So when I think of what the old days were like and what I watched in the past, I don't watch stuff by quote unquote professionals these days that were handpicked, that were chosen by companies and corporations. I watch and listen to and enjoy stuff where people just say, I got a message and I got my own style and my own way of delivering it. And I'm going to put it out there to the world and I'm going to do it using live streaming which I think is a good thing. 
I think it's uh, I think it's democratizing and removing the barrier to entry. Because let's be honest, if I went to who was a company MTV uh, VH1 and said, "Hey, I want to do a music show about," or even if I went to PBS or PBS at public, that's a bit different. But if I went to a TV station ABC in America or uh, Channel Nine here in Australia, and I'm like, "Look." Look at this bloke, mid forties, uh, balding, um, got a good face for radio. Why don't you put me on a TV show where I talk about creating in garage about this really niche uh, topic? They'd be like, "Yeah, get out of here, kid." And I'd be like, "Kid, I'm young." Yeah, uh, exactly. The only trouble is if everyone is streaming, who will watch? Yes, and the amount of gamers streaming, I know, it's just absolutely staggering. Game is streaming. Uh, Fat Panicat says live streaming is only good if it has a format. I've seen a few of those uh, loose hangouts and no one ever says anything. Uh, yeah, a primetime garage band show. Yeah, look, and that's kind of the point that I make. And why I, why I said about music as well that you kind of need, before you go into it, you, not that you need to, but it's a good idea to work out what is your purpose? What are you actually trying to do? Because there's very different things you'll do. If your purpose is to become a rock star or a pop star, you're going to have very different goals and ambitions and ways of measuring your success compared to, I want to engage with a community of cool people and make music that I enjoy and that I'm proud of. And hey, if your live streaming goals are, I don't actually care who comes along and watches. I just want a platform where I get to rant for two hours or chat to my friends and share it with three or four other people then that's absolutely fine. But yeah, to Thomas's point, you do need to work out what your goals are and who your audience is. Who are you actually trying to communicate to and influence? I hate the word influence, but in this case, <laughs> it's kind of true. Uh, and look, influencing kind of has give, been given a negative connotation. Uh, I would say motivating is a better way because I don't want to influence people because influencing suggests that I'm telling you a way that something must be done. Motivating is what I like to talk about because that's saying I want to encourage, to motivate, to inspire you to do what you want to do. And if I can provide some tools, some encouragement, a community to actually help you do that, then we're done. We've won. All good. Let's move on to our very next topic. I kind of like this format. I'm thinking we might do this. Uh, maybe the podcast should always be uh, 10, 10 talking points. Uh, 10 interesting things about things. Uh, everyone loves a list. We're doing 12 here today. And we're talking about the Mac because we couldn't talk about the, the software and the community and all the ooey-gooey, mushy stuff without talking about the hardware, the real stuff, the gear, the machines behind what we do. And uh, look, I've, <laughs> I've been using a Mac for all of 2023. It's my third year. I got my first Mac in 2020, which is the Mac I'm still using now, which is a little long in the tooth and needs an upgrade and probably will get one in 2024. But the, the Mac, the changes to Mac has revolutionized it. Folks like myself and Jade Starr and Thomas Christ, we wouldn't own Macs if they didn't do their silicon transition because Macs in the past were very niche, they were very expensive, they weren't really for people like us. Apple changed all that, they revolutionized. The, uh, I don't say revol most things are evolutionary. The Mac M1, M2, M3 change to Apple Silicon has been revolutionary. It has changed 
everything. And it's meant that a lot more people are using Macs and are realizing how useful Macs are. For instance, I, I bounce stuff around. My studio now here has a Mac M1, an iPad, and my iPhone. So I can go out and take footage on my iPhone. And I can come back and just airdrop it straight to my Mac. I don't have to worry about plugging in or sending via Google Drive or Dropbox or anything like that. Boom, bang, bang. And with, with 17.2, uh, iPad, uh, iOS 17.2, I can now actually just bounce it straight over there. And even if I leave the room, it'll keep uploading over the internet. So they've even improved it further, which is pretty cool indeed. Uh, so yeah, the, the Mac has definitely had a big impact on what I've been doing in the past year, in 2023 uh, as well. In terms of new ones that they've released, we have the, the Mac Pro announcement. So many folks didn't think we'd get a new Mac Pro. It's basically a Mac Studio with more ports <laughs> and the ability to plug in external hardware. So it's not really going to be for, for many folks and not for everyone, but it, it's an option. Um, and then we have the, the new M3 MacBook Pro uh, that has just been released. So we're still waiting on a few sort of filling the gaps thing. And I guess the biggest, if you want it to be critical, is that Macs are kind of like iPads and iPhones that we'll talk about in a moment, where the level of complexity is increasing. It has definitely increased significantly from the old days, where it was like, it's a MacBook, MacBook Pro, uh, iMac, Mac Pro. Now it's like, well, there's two sorts of MacBook Pro. So this sort, there's this sort, there's the MacBook Air and you can choose the M1 or the M2. There's the MacBook Pro, you can choose the M2 or the M3. Uh, there's the Mac Mini, you can go the M1, the M2, Mac Mini. There's the, there's the Mac Studio, which is like a big, fat, elongated Mac uh, Mac Mini, which just has more ports and kind of the same thing. There's the, the M2, the M2 Pro, the M2 Ultra, the M2 Mega, the M2 Ridiculoso. So yeah. It's become much more difficult. Whilst it's been uh, revolutionary in terms of the quality of the hardware, there's something to be said for Steve Jobs' old way of keep it simple when it comes to your product line, as opposed to the uh, Tim Apple way, which is to basically have as many options as you can, whatever's going to make you the most money and whatever's going to ship the most numbers, that's what you're going to go with. So it's been an interesting time in the world of Apple and the world of Macs. So, we will uh, we will talk about other hardware in just a jiffy. I'm sure you can probably imagine what. But we've got some more folks uh, who we need to say good day to. The wonderful Sarah Newen is here. I haven't had Sarah. We need to get Sarah back on the show in the new year, don't we? Sarah? Uh, I know Sarah's been busy with life and work and motherhood and all those fun things. Uh, go over and check out Go check out Sarah's channel if you haven't already. If you're into all the stuff we're talking about here, the live streaming, the video sharing, uh, Sarah's your gal. She's got good stuff over on her channel. And hello to Autism Rocks. Yes, jazz hands all the way. Uh, apparently, Intel AMD is working on a silicon chip will certainly make things more interesting. Oh, yeah, look. The other good thing about is uh, a high tide raises all ships. And it's why... When people talk to me, they're like, Yo, you must really hate how many other people are doing... I don't know why they're talking like that. You must really hate how many other people are doing similar shows to you, similar live streams, similar videos, similar tutorials. And my default answer is no, not really. It proves that what I'm doing is pretty popular and must be working. And a high tide raises all ships. The more people that are doing it, it's going to encourage us not to compete, but to continue 
providing good content. If if I'd done everything and I could just sit back and with my hands behind my head and relax and not do anything, I probably would. But I'm being motivated, see, not influenced, but motivated, encouraged, inspired to continue doing things by other people doing really great stuff. So uh, there you go. Uh, of course, our friend Thomas Christ has thrown the link there to Sarah's channel in the chat. Uh, just rewatched the interview with Sarah this week. Cool. Yeah, Sarah's been on a couple of times. Uh, so yeah, if you search my name, search Pete Johns, Sarah Newen, you will be able to. Uh, hello, Falcon Blueser. I hope you are doing well. Uh, g'day to Cookie. Thank you for being here. Hope you are well. The one and only Brad example. Need more Logic Pro vids to learn from this year. I'm going to go hard and make more music and I want to use Logic, but need more help. Yeah, well, I've been I've been threatening for the longest time, Brad, to do the the RTFM, the Read the Full Manual series uh, on Logic Pro. So uh, maybe it's time to finally. Uh, I'm, luckily, I didn't do it because if I did it before 1.1, I would have been very sad because uh, so much has changed. I'm still learning all the updates and changes in 1.1. So it's a good time to get into Logic Pro for sure. Uh, thank you, Sarah Newen, for the very kind donation. You are a a, a legendary figure. And uh, I met Sarah, in, this is the power of community, folks. I met Sarah because we were hanging out in uh, similar sort of communities. Was it Dean Nimmin's community, I think? Uh, maybe a, a Facebook group or something around Dean Nimmin's channel, or maybe it was in a live stream. And I kept, uh, I'm like, oh, Sarah Newen, she's Australian. She looks cool. She's creating cool content. And then, yeah, I just literally reached out one day. And, and the first, I remember the first chat I had with Sarah was, uh, was super cool. Um, was we, we're like, oh, we need to catch up and say good day. And I'm like, w w let's. It was during was it during COVID times? Might have even been pre-COVID. But I was like, we're in different cities, so I'm like, let's just catch up. And we literally sat there, and I think Sarah had a G and T or some delicious cocktail, and I was sipping a beer, and we just caught up, and we just chatted and yarned for like more than half an hour the first time we we caught up, and I was like. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah's one of my people. Um, and since then, uh, yeah, I've loved loved bouncing ideas off Sarah and uh, chatting about all things creation and live streaming. And she's a, a wonderful creator, so go check her out. All right, I've embarrassed you enough, Sarah. She's also very humble, so uh, she's probably turning red as we speak. Let's talk about iPhones, shall we? Because it's been a big year for iPhone. What has been the big change? Well, uh, let, me, let me zoom in on it and have a look there. For those on the audio version, you're a bit confused right now. I'm showing a USB-C port because, hallelujah, praise your deity of choice, iPhones are finally using USB-C. It's been uh, a long time coming. Was it kind of forced by the European Union with their hands a little bit pushed because they had to get out of lightning to sell phones in Europe in the next year? Well, yeah. But it, it's been a welcome change for all the fans of Lightning. Look, I've still got all the Lightning devices. As I look around my studio, I have my old phone here on Lightning. I have my keyboard that uses Lightning. I have my Magic Trackpad that uses Lightning. I have a lot of Lightning gear. But it's been a big change. Has the actual changes to the phone done anything much for anyone? Well, yeah, kind of. For, for creative folks, for people making music and especially making videos for your music, the quality of the cameras. So as you've gone up, when we hit the 14 and I was trying this out, I was amazed. I was blown away by the image quality that you get on. Even the front-facing camera is ridiculously good. The iPhone 15, and this is the Pro Max, which has all the things, like the zoom on this now, the quality, capturing 4K video, 60 frame a second video. Yeah, like... I. To the point where my digital SLR, I haven't actually pulled it out. Since I got my iPhone 12, 
My digital SLR has been sitting in the cupboard. I think it needs to be sold because I don't know that I'm ever going to bother using it again. Because in terms of the the quality of life of having, if those that have used big cameras know this, you get the camera, it's in its case. You pull it out. You've got to make sure you've got an SD card in there. You've got to make sure you've got enough space on that SD card. You've got to take the cover off. You've got to set your lens up. You've got to find the right tripod and screw it all in there. It is just a hassle. It's a pain in the ass. This sits in your pocket 24-7. You pull it out. You press a button, it goes. Sorry, I'm, I'm all coffee. Been absolutely fine all morning until I sit down to record a podcast. But it's all going in. It's all going in. <laughs> Next thing in the EU, Apple has to use Android. Now that would be funny. That would be totally funny. Uh, yeah. And uh, is Android proprietary? Um, it, it can be. It's usually not. Sometimes a brand... so. The Android version, there's open source Android version, but I think like most things, some because it's open source, some companies kind of bastardize it a bit and add their own stuff to it, which, uh, yeah, is never good. It's never good when you have something open source and then people use it and create something else. Mark Bro says, the only camera I kept is a small Nikon that can take pictures underwater. See, there you go. And you know what? I actually have a digital camera and it gets used once or twice per year at school camps. Because you know what you're not allowed to take on a school camp? Yeah, a smartphone. So when my kids need to take uh, photos on school camp, they have the, the, the little Canon Ixus, you know, the old, old school ones that they use there. How are we going on time? We're going to be going over time today. I did set myself an hour to get through these 12, but you folks are creating too much fun, chatter and banter, which is why we do these live because it's always it's always fun to catch up. And hey, it's, uh, it's the holiday season. It's Christmas time. Should we talk iPads? Yeah, let's talk about iPads. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of change. To be honest, iPads have probably had the least amount of change in the last year. The M2 iPad Pro uh, is kind of the latest release. We've got the, uh, the USB-C now on more of the iPads. So, uh, yeah, you've got USB-C on your standard iPad, on your Airs. Uh, so, basically, by 2024, iPads will also be all USB-C, which is really good. If you don't know why that's good, uh, universal compatibility, yes. Not having to use Apple proprietary hardware, yes. And being able to send things like video out. Like, I can now plug in my phone or my iPad directly in, send the USB out, send the HDMI video out, it's just a lot easier. It was so clunky when it was lightning-based. But iPads have definitely increased. If you look at things like the iPad Musician Facebook group, a lot of folks using a lot of iPads in their rigs. I mean, you can't get away from them. They're, they're literally everywhere. Tablets, remember when we first, the iPad first came out, everyone was joking about the name. Who'd want something called an iPad? Oh. And then suddenly we all wanted one because they do so much stuff for us. And they're just such a good form factor to the point where um, I've got a non-touchscreen laptop now and my kids are just like, can't use this. In fact, my wife is like, can't use this. <laughs> she can't, can't tap on the screen because we're all so used, or at least the younger folks are used to touchscreen so much. So the ability to do that. Now, is everything perfect in the world of iPad and iPad OS? No, because we've now got to the point where the hardware is overpowering compared to the software. Now, do we want to be able to run Mac OS on our 12.9-inch iPad Pros? I sure as heck do. They're running an M2 chip. It's 100% possible. But 
Apple want that segregation between the two. That's why I think, and look, I'll go on record again. I always go on record saying the, uh, the things that uh, always end up not being true. But there will never be a touchscreen Mac. So cue the brand new 27-inch touchscreen iMac and cue the brand new MacBook Air with touchscreen. There you go iPad mini is used by commercial pilots worldwide. Yeah, there you go. And to the point, I, I heard something funny the other day. Apparently, if you watch American football, you watch the gridiron, if you watch American football, you know how they've got those tablets at the side of the the, the field where you know, the coach is looking at the play or he's like reviewing footage or the players are checking stuff. They use it in the NHL as well. Those are actually, uh, in, the NH- in the NFL apparently, those are Microsoft Surface tablets and they're a major sponsor. And then they get really pissed off because whenever they like talk to the coaches or the players, they're just like, oh yeah, I was checking this out on the iPad. And they're like, oh, you mean the uh, Microsoft Surface Pro tablet, don't you, coach? It's like, oh, sure, if you say so. So it's become this ubiquitous thing that every tablet is now called an iPad. And I wonder if ever, yeah, it's different with phones. Android's got enough of the phone market that you'd still call it a, a smartphone, but we don't call it a smart tablet or even a tablet computer. We call it an iPad. So Apple win again. And I've, I've even heard people calling like Apple watches or calling any ear pods, any, any like earphones, ear pods. And then they're like, oh, where's my ear pods? Um, you don't have ear pods. Well, you know what I mean, my headphones. <laughs> so they are the the Hoover, the Texture, the Bluetack, the, the what is it, Frisbee? Yeah, they've, they've been indoctrinated and gone past the generic side of it. Uh, let's go back to our list of things and go to number 11. It's going to be pretty broad. Number 11 is music. Yeah, what about music? (laughs) We've talked about 10 different things and now we're finally at music. What's happened in music in 2023? I've got no idea. I am so far from up to date with the latest music. I don't really listen to any new artists that aren't within this community don't really know what pop music's doing. Whenever I watch the charts or watch like a music videos on TV, I'm very confused about what's going on and who's singing and what they're singing about. But I think the good things that have happened with music is that it's a lot more popular. Like we're having discussions about music, not only the music creation side, but in the actual music listening side. So Spotify for all the challenges that they've put out there hey, we still live in the future, people. You can now stream anything and everything with the click of a button or the tap of a screen. So that's pretty amazing. But on the flip side of that, we've also seen a massive resurgence of physical media, not only in music, but in video now I'm starting to see. So even the DVD and the Blu-rays that everyone was just, you know, throwing away or selling off to cashies for a dollar a piece, now people are going, you know what? Owning your own physical media that you knew where it was, that you you could play by just shoving a bit of plastic into a hole and pressing play, not having to go, which platform am I subscribed to? Which platform is that on? Oh, they don't have the rights for it anymore. They've sold it to that platform. Oh, it was too expensive for them to host, so they don't even stream it at all anymore. It's kind of not good. And music's the same. A lot of people are thinking, I've got my, my CD collection. I now have there. And I've been pulling CDs out and actually playing them. Because some of them were like old school Australian titles that 
aren't available on some of these streaming platforms or some of them are like an original version that for some reason, if you've been to those albums online where there's like a couple of tracks missing because that one was owned by some other label and they haven't agreed to put it on this album and it's just a pain in the ass. So I think we're going to see. And uh, look, I haven't even mentioned vinyl records, buying some vinyls. I still love that when people use vinyl as, because vinyl is, it's called vinyl because vinyl records, but it's kind of been changed around that people say, oh, I'm just going to the store to buy some vinyls. <laughs> it just sounds funny. But again, it'll be like versing someone. It's going to, uh, it's going to change over time and just become part of the word. That, that, by the way, that's me and my wife. One of our least favorite words is versing because uh, kids always say it all the time because you know the word versus? So you go, to, you go to the sports game, you go to the sports ball match and it's like the Chicago Chicagans versus the Dallas Dallasalians. And you're like, cool. And they're like, oh, Chicago are versing Dallas tonight. No, they're not versing. And if they are versing, I wonder what they're versing them in. Are they versing them in literature? Are they well-versed? No, you can't verse someone. You can't be versing someone. It is verses. Okay? <laughs> I'm glad we had this chat. <laughs> uh, I want to make physical CDs and leave them around. That'd be fun. Like folk punk. I thought you were folk punk. Folk and blueser? Oh, you guys are married. That's right. Sorry, I can't help myself. I guess uh, every time I see folk punk and folk and blueser, I, I go off onto tangents about their family and they're like little baby folk as well like midi folk i don't know uh dj big red says uh if we wanted to release singles or, or album on vinyl does distro kid help with that as well or is that another company altogether yeah so distro kid i would be very surprised if in 2024 and look i've got no inside knowledge on this but i'd be very surprised if they don't partner with or add a physical distribution um, arm to themselves. They've already started dabbling in a lot of other little things when it comes to online things. And look, they've never done physical before. But yeah, I would I would be surprised if we don't see a uh, if I don't see something different. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are married. Don't tell him y'all. Um, so yeah, I, I think that uh, we will see something uh, coming in the future from DistroKid. Uh, otherwise, they will probably be left behind because I'm seeing more and more artists releasing their stuff on vinyl, on cassette. Or what did I see the other day? Mini disc. There <laughs> was an artist that released a, a mini disc only EP. And I'm like, now that's cool. I like it. All righty. Uh, where are we up to? Music. What else do we have to talk about? Music, uh, vinyl cassettes, new Beatles are out. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of new music from artists that are no longer with us anymore. So that's interesting to see when they find these things. Will that kind of spark a whole wave of this sort of thing? I've got to imagine that there's poor quality tapes and cassettes and reels of other artists. Nirvana, perhaps. Maybe they've got some songs. Remember when Nirvana's You Know You're Right song came out post uh, Kurt's death? And now we're at the point where, yeah, they're able to use AI, artificial intelligence, to uh, split out tracks and to get John Lennon's vocal split from his piano, bring it in, add some new tracks, clean up George Harrison's stuff, and basically create songs from beyond the grave. It's amazing stuff, isn't it? It's amazing stuff, this artificial intelligence, which is going to be our 12th day of Christmas topic. Artificial AI. We couldn't do a 2023 
year in review wrap-up show talking about art and music and technology without talking about AI. What do you think? What what do you honestly think? I, I hear so many opinions and views on this. I am of the opinion that this is going to be a tool. And here's, here's where Pete goes on the record and later on is proven to be completely wrong. But I think that AI, artificial intelligence, is going to be a tool. It is going to be something that will be utilized to replace repetitive tasks. It already is. It's going to be something that is going to be used to by rich people to replace workers. I think it will because we've seen that in the past. We had the mechanical revolution. We had the industrial revolution, uh, technology revolution. Will we have like an AI? I think we'll have an automation revolution. Of course we will. We've already got things, automation in cars and trucks and factories, uh, in computer systems, in coding. So yes, there will be automation and it will cost people jobs. But are they the best jobs anyway? Will it free people up to do more interesting work instead? Or are we going to see this uh, big challenge because we've got a lot of people who were set up to be middle managers, who were set up to be factory workers, who were set up to be the people doing the grunt, and now the grunt's going to be done by machines. Is that going to cause a big problem? And look, it's why I've been actively railing against most formalized education for a long time because I think it sets you up to say, hey, we're going to train you for X amount of years to do this one job and then the job will be there and then that'll be your life. And that doesn't work. Like that doesn't work in 2023 because a lot of the jobs are changing and evolving over time and that's not necessarily a bad thing. How does it relate to music, technology, the creative world? Well, we've already seen it, haven't we? We've seen AI artwork, we've seen uh, stable diffusion, we've seen uh, Dali, we've seen all of the the different platforms that are getting better and better all the time. They're creating images and hey, some of them don't even have three arms anymore and some of them have the right number of eyes, which as we know is one. Uh, but yeah, and look, do I use it? Yes, I use it as often as I use a rhetorical question that I always answer yes to. So, yeah, I think that it is here to stay, but I think it'll get ingrained. Like, remember how revolutionary the internet felt like? I remember the first time. The first time I connected using a wireless card in my desktop computer to a wireless router that was connected to the internet. And I remember I, I was streaming an episode of The Simpsons from one computer to another over Wi-Fi. And I went running into the bedroom and I said to my wife, wife, I'm streaming. That video that I'm playing on that computer is stored on that computer and it's doing it over the air. And she was like, okay. Because <laughs> she wasn't into the technology. She wasn't a nerd like me. But that was amazing. And the stuff that this is doing right now for 2023 is amazing. By 2025 and 2027 and 2030, it'll kind of just be part of what we do. It won't necessarily be everything. I think it will just be another tool, another little tool in the belt that we can do different things with. AI music? What do you reckon? AI music? I mean, uh, there's been automated music programs and platforms for a long time. Um, and look, I've always said, the thing about music is there are 12 notes in the Western musical scale, 
12. And all you, all music is, is a combination of those 12 musical notes in different melodies and harmonies with different rhythms and using different timbres of sounds. So it's like the whole monkeys with the typewriters and the infinite amount of time. Yeah, if you give an AI model all of that stuff, eventually it's going to create Smells Like Teen Spirit, exactly as it was recorded in 1991. Uh, but... Do we want that or do we want the human element? Do we want the ability to change things up? Can can a human, breathe, can a, a machine breathe the same amount of emotion and passion into something? Can they think on their feet? Can they change things up when things need to be different when they're doing a performance? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, maybe I'm underselling it and eventually that'll be the case. But I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be the end of everything. It's going to be the change, but it's the change that we're going to have again. Think about what you're doing right now. Think about the device. What device are you looking at right now? How are you getting that? Could you have done that 10 years ago? Questionable. Could you have done it 20 years ago? Nope. There was no ability for me to live stream from my studio in Adelaide, South Australia, and you to watch it in Montreal, Canada. No, did not exist. This job did not exist. My job did not exist. 20 years ago, 10 years ago. So someone once said in a song, the only thing that doesn't change is that things will change. And that someone was an AI robot. No, it was me. It was me. But maybe an AI could have written that song better. You don't know. <laughs> artificial means not real. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. And the thing is, I think artificial intelligence, we've, it's a misnomer. We've misnamed artificial intelligence. It's not intelligent. Um, it is artificial. It's a machine. I call it a hu human-led machine automation. It's really all it is. Because we're the one pumping all the data in and we're the ones using it at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, the concerning part of the loss of work to AI with no a little help for people who are affected. And that's the thing. Like, here's, here's what should be happening. Right now, businesses, corporations, educational institutions, everyone should be looking at this going... How do we transition in a way that is not going to impact people? What are they doing? They're saying, how can we transition to this as quickly as possible to get rid of overhead so that our profit margins increase for our shareholders? And that's capitalism. It's also bullshit. I promised myself I wouldn't swear. <laughs> there you go. You get one S-bomb. <laughs> one S-bomb per show. Uh, wireless game controllers was the stuff of the... I know. Anyone that was hooked up to their original PlayStation or Sega or or um, Nintendo with those controllers, we had to be a certain distance from the TV. And now we take for granted that we just go boop and Bluetooth connects our wireless controllers directly to our machines. There you go. Uh, Falcon Blues says, my job has become so technically advanced, I've had a hard time uh, clocking in and signing <laughs> into my work computer. Uh, I refuse to use the bio scan. I'm a factory worker. And look, uh, I, I must admit, yeah, I, I've, I've embraced this. How do I log into my Mac now? I put my finger on that button because I, I've just accepted that I, I pay for things with my own private data. If you don't want to do that, though, it's going to get harder and harder, isn't it? It's going to get harder and harder to be anonymous and to not be part of the system, for sure. All righty. Uh, machine learning. Yeah, machine learning. And that's the thing. It is. It's machine learning. As opposed to regular machine, which was basically just data in, output out, machine learning just means that it 
learns, it adapts based on the outcomes and what's done. But what are those outcomes being generated by? Well, humans for the most part, because we're telling it what's working and what's not. So it's the machine is learning, but it's only learning because we're saying, no machine, that person shouldn't have six fingers on that hand. It should be five. And the machine's going, oh, okay, I get that. I get things. Uh, <laughs> with the way commercial music is going, will anyone care in 50 years? And look, that's a really good point. We, we might finish on that point uh, around this because it's a really good one from the Semtex cow. With the way commercial music is going, will anyone care in 50 years? Let's just ponder that for a second. Do I care about pop music right now? Well, no, not really. Will anyone care in 50, in 50 years? I think there will always be Whenever there's a culture, there is always a counterculture. Whenever there is something that is popular, there is always people that are still creating things that are not cool. And then the things that are not cool become cool, and then it flips around again. Have you walked outside lately and seen the haircuts? It's all the 80s. It's just the 80s again. So it looks exactly like it did in 1987 out there right now. Mullets, shaved sides, rat tails, moustaches. All the stuff that through the 90s, noughties, and 10s, we said, you're a bogan. You look like a dodgy brother. Like, what's going on with you with that? Ripped jeans. Hello. Ripped jeans were big in the 80s. Well, the, the, the whole 80s nostalgia thing is massive. It's huge. Stranger things. Like, everything. So there's always going to be that sort of culture and that counterculture that's going to happen because what am I doing? I'm, I'm steering against the skid and I'm like, oh, I don't want to go back to the 80s. It was bad enough when we lived there. I don't want it. I want to go there. But I, I think that, and that's why I say, I'll sort of come right back around to what I started with here, around music creation and community because for, for me... A lot of people, when people get negative and misdirected and unhappy, it's because they don't have a clear idea of why they're doing a thing. And if you're making music, if you're creating music right now so that you can influence one or two people or that you can get your music heard by a small group of people or you can feel good that you've accomplished something and you you should love your own music. For goodness sake, don't make music that you don't like. For starters, that would be my first recommendation. Or... Guess what? If you want to be a pop star, go and study all the pop music. You could go and see exactly what's being created. Grab some 808s, <laughs> grab a, a, a beat maker and a rapper and just do a do a song that's someone featuring someone else with a beat by someone else. It's what's popular. It's not what I like. It's probably not what you like if you're watching this right now. And if it is, more power to you. Like what you like. You do you, boo. Like what you like, do what you do. If you're not affecting anyone else in any negative way, just go ahead and do your thing. Like what you like and support what you want to support. But I say all that to say thank you. Thank you for 2023. Thank you for being part of the community. Thank you for uh, watching or listening to this podcast here. Uh, this is the final podcast of 2023. No, that's not true. There's one more to go. But that one's going to be something a bit fun and a bit weird and a bit out there. So uh, this is definitely the last live podcast here. We still have plenty of stuff going on on Studio Live today. If you're watching live or if you're listening to this one around this time, we have our Christmas, our holiday happy hour part two. We have our massive holiday edition of Your Music Live coming up in just a couple of days' time and a whole lot more happening here on Studio live today. So uh, until next time, please be kind to yourself, 
Be kind to others. Keep creating. And I'll see you next time right here on the Studio Live Today podcast.